All right, John 4.35, it says, that's not memory verse, right? Yeah, 4.35, I'll read from 31. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. We talked about that last week. Verse 35, here's the why. Do you not say there are yet four months then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and other reaps. I send you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have labored, entered into their labor. Now, verse 35 says, do you not say there are four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the harvest, that the fields are white for harvest. Uh, that verse is so powerful. Multiple different ways that we could talk about that. What's a harvest? We'll start there. What, is, what does a harvest mean? Uh, grown seed. Huh? Picking. Grown seed. Grown seed? And what you say, Miles? Like picking. Um, what, uh, yeah, picking fruit. Can you have a harvest without planting a seed? No, you can't. So the Bible, this verse is talking about Jesus was saying, hey, man, the souls are ripe. The people are ready to be saved. Well, another verse says the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Imagine you, you know, I, I said there's a billion dollars out there right now scattered all over the field. And you say, OK, I'm still going to stay in this room. Would that be a smart choice or a dumb choice? Yeah. So if you look outside and you're like, oh, man, I see a bunch of hundred dollar bills on the field and I'm going to stay inside the building. I'm, I'm not a smart person, but the harvest in a lot of our lives are invisible. The harvest, Jesus is saying in context here is talking about the souls of men that he's saying, hey, man, uh, it has been labored uh, for, for the prophets. The prophets have labored and talked about me as the Messiah coming and the people's hearts are ready to receive the Messiah. They're ready to receive the kingdom of God, but a lot of people are blinded to that harvest. And the issue is a lot of us are blinded to the obvious. When you blind it to the obvious, it means you see it, but you can't see it. Um, I tell people all the time, uh, uh, we was listening to this this morning, and I like to listen to people like this. Uh, he was talking about, and I just forgot my point. He was talking about how, uh, it'll come back to me. Um, Oh, he was saying, I uh, know, no, that wasn't it. It was along the lines of, oh, yeah, <clears throat> he says most people when they drive to work. Have multi-million dollar ideas. Have you ever looked at something and you was like, man, if they made it like this, this would be better. Like I remember one time when I was a kid and, you know, you got the little uh, water bottles and you thirsty, but it, the water ain't cold and the, the ice cubes won't fit into the water bottle. And then as I got older, I walked down the aisle and they had these thin, uh, uh, what's the things you put in the uh, freezer that you put water in and it pops it and ice come out? Ice, ice tray. tray. They had the ice tray that fits in a water bottle. Imagine me if I saw that problem at nine years old and was like, you know what? But if I make a casing that fits into a water bottle, then my water bottle can be cold. Little ideas like that, that if you look at a problem long enough, you can find a solution. Any problem. If you look at it long enough, you can find a solution. And, and that's where innovation, necessity is the mother of, of innovation or creativity. When I see a need, I can plant a seed. 
If I see a need, I can plant a seed of thought to say, okay, how can I make this better? How can I make this more enjoyable? Also, what we heard this morning was that, that if you want to be wealthy, uh, be, create something 10% better than what it already is. Because right now the world is enjoying a certain state of living and a certain state of life. But if you create something 10% better, you have a 10% increase financially. And that's what the problem is, is that we're blinded to the obvious. What are some distractions that blinds us from seeing the obvious? Your phone. And how is that a big distraction? Apps. It's crazy that, you know, other people who applied created applications that we spend more time in than actually applying success things in our own life. What's another distraction that we have every day keeping us from being uh, intuitive and, and, and attentive um, to the, thing, the things in our lives? Mainly it's phones, right? People. What else? Big distractions. Your greatest power that you have is the ability to think. That if you take the time to say, God, show me uh, 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 something new. I tell people all the time that you're one idea away from being immensely successful. I tell people also all the time that, that when you don't take the time to see, you won't be able to see your way through. That literally each and every one of you have million dollar ideas in you. Innovation, creativity is inside all of us. And if we take the time to say, let me minimize my time here, let me minimize my time here, or whatever these other things are, and focus, and focus on the obvious, then you will see opportunities. Most times we look at our problems as, as, as problems alone. All problems are opportunities. All obstacles are opportunities. That's why I tell people, man, if you don't take care of your mind, if you don't take care of your focus, man, you won't be able to have anything in life. And what's another word that rhymes with distraction that distractions cause in our lives? It's all good. I appreciate you for trying. One more. What's, what's, what rhymes with distractions that distractions cause in our lives? Hmm? Yeah, subtractions. Yep. What do distractions subtract from you? Time. Time? What else? Focus. Focus, yep. Improvement. Huh? Improvement. Imagine if you improved 1% every day. Just 1%. I'm not asking you to improve 10%, 20% a day. If you said, I'm going to increase my vocabulary 1% today. I'm going to improve my people skills 1% a day. I'm going to improve my patience 1% a day. Those percentages matter. 1% every day for 100 days, you just increased 100% of quality into your life. But the issue is we minimize the opportunities to increase the opportunities in these areas. Because I tell you, if you waste your time, you waste your life. And a lot of things that we have our focus flourishes and the things that we improve in won't really bring any money in or opportunities in. And so if we're not very if we're not careful, we'll be subtracting out of our lives. Distractions are subtractions from the attractions. Like imagine, you know, you at Disney World. That's an attraction. You know, you at Carowinds, make it more close. 
and you sit in the parking lot the whole time <laughs> on your phone, worrying about other people. Then all of a sudden you can't really enjoy the attraction. And what you got to process is, is where do you want, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Because whether you believe it or not, the Lord tarries, you're going to be what, 24, 25? Some of y'all, no, nobody here, 26, 23, 24, 25, right? You're going to look back at this time and be like, man, I wish I would have capitalized on that idea. And so you got to think about it, that the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Right now, there's a harvest of people waiting for your idea. Right now, there's a harvest of people waiting for me to do what I do best. There's a harvest of people waiting to see you reap. What do you want to reap? You don't just want to reap something. You want to keep something. And a lot of people don't have the harvest type of mindset, the habits of harvest to actually bring the harvest in. And so whatever it is that you want in life, you got to see the harvest right now. The word of God also, he says again, and it's kind of clarifying, we'll be done for the day. Verse 35, it says, uh, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? He said, man, y'all farmers, y'all know what y'all doing. Y'all know that if you plant something right now, four months or five months later, you got watermelon, you got cantaloupe, you got, you got bananas and whatnot. Like, like if you, we all know that. And he says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white with harvest. He says, lift up your eyes. What keeps people's eyes down? Emotions. How does that happen? Always focusing on negative things. What's, what's another thing that keeps our eyes low and not up? Yeah. Distractions, yep. One more. That keeps people head down. They, don't, they can't see nothing. Imagine if you take the time to say, you know what, I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to broaden out my shoulders. I'm going to look around the room. Imagine, man, I tell people all the time, man, I, and, and I, I make this a habit in my own life. There's not one room that I walk in that I don't look in. When I come in a room and INFJs, people with my personality type probably do this all the time, and there's some other intuitive people that do the same. When you walk in a room, you, you analyze everything, every detail. Like when I walk in a room, I can tell the, the, the energy levels of people. I can tell insecurity levels. I, I look in every room. I can tell a snake before the snake slithers my way. I can tell who's the, who's the alpha male in the room. I can tell who's the alpha female in the room. I can tell who's the leader in the room. I can tell who should I avoid in the room. And man, you just walk in a room with your eyes down and you don't look around. You won't be able to really see how to navigate rooms. I'm telling you, one of the greatest keys to success is knowing how to navigate spaces, knowing how to navigate people, knowing that that good ain't that boy ain't no good for me. That girl's no like like when you insecure and you have low self-esteem and you don't think on things that are above like like if you know what's a waste of time when you work, when you have a habit of working your time, like like when you know for a fact, that's why I tell people find your purpose quickly. Because when you find your purpose, you know what people are for you and what people are not for you. When you have your purpose, you know what a distraction is. That's why synergy is important. Never mix your energy with people who drains energy. Mix your energy with people who create synergy. What's the difference? When two energies combine, it creates momentum. That's why uh, most billionaires, they weren't a billionaire alone. They had someone in that basement with them. They had somebody in that uh, garage with them coming up with the ideas. 
if all y'all talk about is each other, all y'all talk about are the games and what happened with, with this athlete and that athlete, but you're not talking about ideas, you won't see success. And so a lot of people, they don't know how to look around. You got to lift up your eyes and look around to see the harvest, to see opportunities and, and, and to let them be around lifter uppers or lifter uppers of heads. Like be around people that lift your head. Now, look up. We saw that video, that basketball player. Uh, it's, it's been circling around for a few for months. But the, the guy missed a shot or something. He put his head down. His, his, uh, his teammate lift his head up. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. So when you when when he put his head down, no matter what you did, lift that head up, fam. And if you got people that's like, man, yeah, keep thinking about that, man. Yeah, you trash. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Those people are gonna help you be successful because your harvest is right. Right now, if you look outside of your life right now, there's a harvest. Right now, there are millions of people waiting for my video to get in front of them. There are millions upon millions of people waiting for me. Imagine me being at Harris Teeter when I was 19 years old. I had to ride my mom's bike to work because our car broke down. I'm riding this pink bike, purple pinkish bike, 4 o'clock in the morning to be in a freezer all day. Imagine with those thoughts I had in that cold freezer talking about, ain't nobody going to want to listen to you. Don't write that book. Nobody going to care about it. Imagine if I listened to that voice and kept my head down. I would still be working at Harris Teeter today. No knock on that. But I would have made a permanent situation out, out of a temporary one. But because God's a lifter up of my head, like, Josh, man, go ahead. You can't go ahead if you don't lift your head, right? Like, And you got to be a person that says, what can I see? And, and if you work on your idea every single day and you work on you every single day, you get closer and closer to picking your harvest. And right now it's your choice. The seeds have been planted for you. The path has been made straight for you. God has made a way for you. And what he's saying to you right now is lift up your eyes and see the opportunities. See what's ahead of you. A lot of people, they look back. It looks side to side, but they never look forward. But if you look up and then look forward and up and then forward and up and then forward, you'll be you'll find yourself surrounded by so much fruit. You'll be like, man, I am immensely successful. Can I get three people to tell me what harvest they want to have in their life? What's what's the what? Give me an example of a harvest you want to have. Something that you was imagine you. In this field and you're surrounded by a hundred trees and all you got to do is pluck the fruit from fruit can be money. Fruit can be opportunity. You just like and it's free. Hey, you plant it. Like so does a farmer really think about this. A farmer pays for one uh, one pack of seeds. But in that one seed is how many fruit? One seed has the potential of having what? Hundreds. If I plant, not even hundreds, thousands, like my grandfather had a pear tree in his backyard and we, and we ate from, and right now <clears throat> my mom stays there now and there's still pears. <laughs> that tree was there before my grandfather was born. Oh, hold on. I know he planted that pear tree. So yeah, he planted, but I can still get pears right now. I can still get figs from his backyard right now. So what I'm saying is somebody planted one seed and it fed generations. And so right now, what are some harvests that y'all wish I had or that y'all want to have in life? A harvest. Success. What kind of success you want to have? For financially stable. Why is that important to you? Uh, so like when I have 
That's real. That's real. Financial stability saying everywhere I turn is financial stability. I can pluck from my finance. Like right now, if you want financial stability, you got to finance yourself. You got to increase yourself. You got to find your wealth. You got to find your ideas and become financially literate. And when you do that, you will be around finances everywhere you go. Like money attracts money. Money knows if you got money. Like you can listen to a person and know how, how wealthy they are. Like you can listen to a person, oh, he broke. She broke. And they may have more money, but their, their mentality is broke. There's a lot of rappers right now that got more money than me, but broken than me. Because they got money, but they won't have it for long. Athletes that, are, that got more money than us, but they're, not, they're broken than us with the most money because they don't have the right mindset. What's another harvest that you want to have in life? Somebody else. Multiple successful business. And why is that? Uh, to set out my kids for more success than I have. There's nothing worse for a man than to be 70, 80, 50. And you have nothing. Still drinking a 40 on the front porch. Still chasing women. And you 45 years old, 55. You're surrounded by nothing that your family can't eat from. Like, like right now, I, I'm making sure that my daughter at any given time can eat from something I planted years ago. And businesses are essential because that can be passed down. What's another one? Last person. That you want to have a harvest where everywhere you turn around is like, boom. Houses. Houses. And why is that? Uh, so I can, uh, investment properties. Investment properties. Investment properties and, and, and family properties. Like, like, like. Like there's houses in my family right now, man, that 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 are valuable. Right. And that's important. And also it's important too to be able to say, hey, at any given time. If I have a friend that needs to get away because they're depressed, or I need a person needs to get away or family. Go to my beach house, go to my mountain house like that. Anytime you turn around, you can say, man, I can pluck from that tree. That's harvest. But you can't have a harvest if you don't plant a seed. And they say the best time, there's two times to plant a seed, 20 years ago and right now. 20 years ago means 20 years ago I planted a seed that I'm eating from right now. And if you ain't planted a seed 20 years ago because you ain't 20 years old, plant one right now. Because 20 years from now, y'all be what? How old? 35? 34? Y'all think 30 old. 30 is around the corner for you all. Y'all are three years away from being 18. And then when you get 18, you're 12 years away from being 30. And time goes by like that. Right now, you're spending your time. You're spending your youth. And then one day, you're going to be like me, getting up. You're like, man, my knees. <laughs> man. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's worse when you're up here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you're 37. Because when you get my age, man, and I'm not old by, no any, by any means, but I'm so glad that that this works better than these have to, right? So what I'm saying is plant a seed right now. If you want that financial harvest, if you want to be successful, like if you want that financial stability, if you want that beautiful family, if you want multiple houses and investment properties, you, it don't fall from the sky. <laughs> the only thing that comes from the sky that helps anything is rain. God provides the rain, God provided the sun, S-O-N, for you to be able to plant a seed and watch it and watch it grow. But you have to plant a seed. What's the point of God raining and the sun shining, but there's no seed? If you plant a seed right now, you can lift up your eyes 
and see a harvest. Look at something long enough. Find, I got a homework assignment for you. You don't got to turn it into just a life assignment. Find something in the field that you love to be in. I mean, the field. And see, we're using metaphors. Find the field that you want to be in. A field, you know, career field, job field, whatever. Find that field and say, you know what? How can I innovate this? Let me lift up my eyes and look at it and see the potential harvest in this field. And let me start planting seeds in that field, whether it's art galleries, whether, whether whatever it is, or writing, whatever it is that you want to do. Look at that field for the next 50 years of your life. Just joking. Next five days. <laughs> Look at it and ask the Holy Spirit, show me something in this field that I can plant into that will produce plants that my families can enjoy for years down the road. I promise you, if you do the activity right now, and you build that momentum for the next two years, three years of your life, you'll be surprised what harvest you have in your life. Jesus said, man, if you lift up your eyes, you see the harvest, man. Right now, there's so many souls that can be saved. Right now, I see I get the opportunity to be a farmer every day to all these fields. There's how many kids in here? 20, 18 kids. There's 18 fields I sow seed into. My book publishing company is called Casting Seed Publishing. That's my job. I don't have to worry about if, if it's watered. Or if with the increase, I cast a seed and whatever heart receives it will succeed with it. The Bible says four different types of hearts. Who know those? There's the rocky ground. There's the uh, stony ground. There's the thorny ground. There's the good ground. The hard, the hard ground is when the seed was casted, the seed couldn't go in because the ground was too hard. And the Bible says what comes down from the sky? The birds come down and take it. When the word of God is sown, if you got a hard heart towards a person, that's why I don't, I don't care about how I feel about a person. That person can still have a good word. If I have a hard heart towards a teacher, a hard heart towards a preacher, but they got a good word, I won't receive that good word because my heart is hard towards them or my heart is hard towards God. All right, God, man, God, if God was such a good God, he wouldn't have blue, 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 blue. All right, so my heart's too hard. The stony ground is the ground that has some stones in it. The seed was planted in it. But the stones got in the way of the roots. So the Bible says people received it with joy. Oh, that was a good word, Mr. Desi. Oh, man, I'm going to go and do it right now. But when persecution comes or when trouble comes, oh, successes. Let me tell you something about success. It's hard. Making money is hard. Going to the league is hard. Like, like having a marriage, a good marriage is hard. Like, like this stuff ain't easy. And if you want stuff easy, you won't have it for long. But you have received with joy. Oh, yeah, I could be successful. Oh, well, let's go get it. And then you go to a college practice, you go to an NBA practice, and you see they run 10 times more than y'all in high school. You go, like, oh, this might not be for me because <laughs> I'm not willing to go that hard, right? The next ground is the thorny ground. That means they have cares in this world. The word of God is sown, but the heart is all care, care, it's careless about God, but too carefree or careful about other things. And the cares of this world suffocates it, right? And the good ground says the ground has been toiled. The soil is rich with nutrients. I'm ready to receive and I'm going to grow this thing. Every day the word of God is sown. I don't expect it'd be unrealistic for me to expect the whole class to hear all the time. But I know for a fact that if just two people in this classroom take it, it was worth my sacrifice. It was worth my time. Because one thing about me, no matter when I die, 
I'm going to live forever. Y'all going to be telling y'all kids, man, that was a ninth grade teacher, Mr. Dale. He told me, he told me about the harvest. Baby girl, lift your eyes. Yo, baby girl, come home. She eight years old. Someone talked to her. Mr. Ezra once told me to lift my head. Lift your head, baby, and see the harvest. Y'all going to say that too. Y'all going to say, there was a man, Mr. Ezra, that said that. But what I'm trying to say is, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I think I said enough. All right, we're done. <laughs> Look.